Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. No intro, no guests, just me, you, mainlining Penn State football. We're talking about ranking Penn State's offensive positions heading into the 2023 season. Heading into spring ball, really. But what we're looking at is projecting into next year and how this team can go where it wants to go. This is a a group overall with a Penn State offense and defense that has a chance next year to really take a step forward and become one of those teams that you remember a signature team that could even get to a Big Ten championship game. And if you get there, basically you get beyond into the college football playoff. So how do they get there? What position groups are going to lead them? And uh, what players within that group are going to lead you in those individual positions? We're covering all of that today on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Uh, So let's just get to it. We're going five to one on offense starting right now number five i don't think you should be surprised by this but penn state's offensive position coming at the bottom are the wide receivers penn state went into the transfer portal looking for help with that position this year now they got help uh at least the the promise of dante cephas in the spring and malik mcclain who joined the Nittany lions this winter uh and is currently with the football team but keandre lambert smith is the lone returning player that has real juice as far as a starter harrison wallace and uh omari evans both played last year but really when you're looking at this depth chart you've got keandre lambert smith and and then a bunch of question marks dante cephas I think everyone really likes him. He was one of on three's best projected players in the transfer portal, but you are going from, uh, you know, the Mac to the big 10 and he's not here this off season. So that's a little bit of a question in my mind, bit of an issue there. Um, but overall, like a very good talent. I don't want to downplay it too much. McLean, super talented. Oh my gosh. Is he talented? He's got all of the tools, all of them, but, does he put it all together this year? Is that what's going to happen for him in the fall? You can ask the same thing about uh, Trey Wallace. Super talented football player, but what is actually going to happen with all of that talent? And beyond that, a lot of depth, a lot of young players, five receivers in the class of 2022. So sophomores and redshirt freshmen. Who in that group is going to step up? Who's going to take a step? Um, that's why they're coming in at number five. There are no clear answers outside of Keandre Lambert-Smith, who is going to be a part of uh, the leadership group of that room under Marcus Higgins, the new receivers coach. Um, you don't always have things to go bad to get a new positional coach, but it's not like things were outstanding at receiver when you bring in uh, 
Marcus Hagans to be your new receivers coach. By the way, tonight, if you want to give your rankings, if you're already upset that receivers are number five, let me know in the chat. We'll be talking to you all night long uh, and getting your thoughts on Penn State's offensive skill rankings. Uh, and if you would, please like the video and uh, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated. Helps us out, lets everyone know, hey, we don't suck. We're providing you Penn State football entertainment throughout the entire offseason. Nobody goes as hard as we do. No, nobody goes as hard as I do when it comes to giving you Penn State football talk. We are here five days a week in February. And uh, if you think that that's um, normal, it's not. It's not. There, there's no, not even in-state college is there a sports show that is going five days a week talking about football. There just isn't. This is the place if you want to talk about Penn State football. So join us here on the show. Michael's here as always. Wide receiver wild cards. That's exactly how you put it. This group is a bunch of wild cards. So that's actually a really good way to transition into kind of talking about my criteria. You can check out the article, by the way, bluewhiteillustrated.com for the full... metrics of how I'm grading and I actually have a system. I'm not just picking names and positions out of a hat. I graded each group on three different categories and then totaled everything up and then ranked them based on their total. Uh, Talent is number one. That is the most important thing. You have to be a talented room. Uh, The next important thing is depth. How many players realistically can contribute next year? So, like, you've got if you've got top-heavy positions, that might be an issue. If you've got deep rooms that don't have a lot of talent, uh, you know, cue defensive tackle, that's great, but do you have any high-end starters? And then finally, can those starters get better in meaningful and impactful ways next season what's the upward trajectory of a position or do you have a bunch of veterans that are there that we know what they are and we can expect certain production out of them but you're not expecting a breakout season from x y or z right so that's that's the three criteria that i break these down into so i'm going to give you the list today but if you want to check out the the article bluewhiteillustrated.com to get all the nitty-gritty details on on the totals and and what i really think of each position but receivers i think it's pretty apparent depth is decent but none of it's proven, and the talent is good, but superstar quality? I think you'll see when we get to some of the other positions, the talent and the depth and all those things are going to uh, affect this group, and there's a reason there at number five. Now, to be fair, in my ranking in my article, I was probably too hard on the receivers. You know, they're probably a little bit deeper than I'm giving them credit for because of all of those names you could rattle off. But how many of those redshirt freshmen are ready to contribute next fall? Uh, so that leaves guys like Liam Clifford and Trey Wallace that are kind of those young, intermediate players on the roster who are going to take a step next next fall. It's funny to think, uh, say young, and then Trey Wallace is going into his third year at Penn State. So um, interesting group, but they are clearly, I think, the bottom here of the offensive roster. Brian's with us tonight. He says, really hoping the wide receivers can prove everyone wrong and meet uh, their potential. Um, That is the secret sauce, I think, to all of this outside of our next group, which I think you can probably guess by saying that what it is, but surrounding the quarterback with talent, there is talent in this room. You know, like uh, Penn State, if I were to do this for a different uh, program, a different roster 
I don't think the totals I'd come up with are would be as high. So even though this is fifth on the on the entire offense, I don't think this is a bad position group. It's just last amongst a, a lot of really good uh, talent on this roster, and that's going to be the thing is the way I've been phrasing this. If Penn State wants to go where they want to next year, they have to have an answer at every position. You can't go into a game without some sort of solution for a problem. There's a couple of positions on the roster, and I'm just uh, skipping ahead in the in the book. You know, a defensive tackle. If we get to that on a later show, that's a position where do they have an answer for every scenario? Uh, the Michigan scenario still gives people PTSD. So is that group capable of overcoming that? At receiver, do they have an answer for press man coverage this this fall? Do they have an answer for uh, zone? I think that that's a little bit easier of a thing to to find out. You know. There's a lot of good receivers that can get to the right position. Zone is is different when it comes to how to defeat that. But with with man coverage, especially if teams are going to be aggressive and try to shut you down, is there anyone here that can make cover zero look like a really bad idea? And I think that's a big question. It was an answer last year that the answer was not really all the time. Um, wasn't great last year in press man coverage. Left the quarterback sitting in the pocket a while. Taking a step forward in that with this group and meeting your potential, Keandre Lambert-Smith uh, moving around the formation, Malik McLean being huge and physical and athletic and fast, and then Dante Cephas being the combination of both, of being a guy that can do a little bit of everything. That's your potential starting three is what we've talked about, with, of course, some of those guys pushing for playing time and trying to sort all of that out in the spring. So that's number five. Coming in at number four. Number four. Now, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me because I think that this is important to know. Again, we've got a lot of criteria here, but quarterbacks come in at number four. Now, the talent is is not questioned. Um, Drew Aller has immense physical talent. Drew Aller is an incredibly uh, gifted quarterback, and the growth potential in this room is exponential, uh, or at least as high as you can get. But the overall talent of the room. You've got two guys in their second year and a true freshman. And then behind that, like just depth wise, that's it. So they are coming in fourth because if something happens to the starting quarterback, things get dicey really quickly. And I don't know uh, who would be the emergency quarterback at this point. I guess Mason Stahl could come back from receiver and play quarterback, but I, I, you're, you're searching for other positions. And just because his last name is Clifford, I don't think Liam Clifford is going to be your quarterback next year if, if too many guys get injured. Uh, and I'm not trying to put a jinx on the season, by the way. I'm just saying these are the things that we're discussing and, and kind of the way we're looking at this of the talent here is top-heavy. It's really good. It's really, really, really good. It's the reason everyone's so excited about this upcoming season. Drew Aller could be special. The could-be part, though, is I think where maybe I'm giving a little too much lean here. Um, and you'll see why I say that in a second. Because I rank, we have a tie at number four. And I don't know, looking at this again, if that should be the case. But that's where we are with the quarterbacks, is that Drew Aller is is potentially a program-defining football player. But are the, are the receivers going to step up, as we've talked about? 
And is he going to make that development before the next season starts to avoid early season letdowns? And then, of course, in the big games, can he deliver those high-end plays and, and the big-time moments that will take your breath away? All of the positivity around the program is, is palpable right now. Having spoken to Drew uh, last week, incredibly intentional and intelligent person. You can go check out that interview. One of the things that I thought was most interesting is uh, he was getting peppered with questions about leadership. He's getting peppered with questions about where have you improved? What, what do you do well? What do you not do well? What are you trying to get better at this offseason? And uh, he didn't want to answer any of those questions because half of them probably give too much away about the offense. And then the other half are just kind of things you can't really answer. How are you a leader? I, I don't know. I try to lead. So I asked him, like, do how do you remember all of this stuff? How do you get better at all of these things? And his answer was, well, yeah, I have to have a check. You have a checklist and you make it specific and you try to work on as many things as specifically as possible without trying to work on too many things. But let's count the areas in which, again, he needs to he needs to be a program leader so that this play this uh, the Penn State can get where they want to go very quickly uh, maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule he has to be a good leader right now in the locker room on the practice field all those things that he absorbed from Sean Clifford last season he has to implement them right away secondly he has to get better at being a uh, diagnosing coverages I don't know if he's bad at it. I just know he has to get better at it because every quarterback needs to work on that. Pre-snap, post-snap, understanding different variations in coverage, understanding what to do in certain scenarios, uh, how to read option routes and be on the same page as his receivers, who are also potentially young or new to the system. So he's got to lead Penn State through all of those thickets in order to be the guy that everyone wants him to be. So really, how strong his arm is is way down the list in terms of uh, things that he needs to that we need to focus on when it comes to Drew Aller. Brian mentions, I'd love to see Aller get a little bit mobile. That is something that uh, a little bit more mobile. He that's something he talked about. He wanted to improve upon, and that Bo Perbula, another quarterback, the way to talk about in this conversation, uh, is pushing him in in the off season. Aller did not come from a sophisticated weightlifting background, so last season learned that and is implementing it uh, better this year. I could, you could already see in person he looked very different. His body type was very different than it was last year. So uh, all the signs are positive, but there's a lot of growth that needs to happen. And that's why, uh, you know, despite the problems with the depth, this is also a position where things can be really good really quickly, and we'll find out pretty fast. Um, don't want to overlook Bo Perbula, though. Because I do think if anything happens, he is a quarterback that can win you games. He can keep you competitive against, uh, you know, competition like competition. And he should be able to operate an offense that can defeat teams that you're supposed to, quote, supposed to beat, even though everybody's really hard to beat. The, the difference is going to be Bo Prabula's talent level. Again, going back to some of our conversations about uh, this room ranked number four. He's in line with where you've seen Penn State's quarterbacks before. Previously, Trace McSorley, uh, Sean Clifford, even going beyond that back into the past. He has that level of talent, and obviously Aller is at a different level. So if he's able to come into the game, 
He can use his athleticism, but I also don't want to peg him as a as a running quarterback. I think we we talk about that so much because Aller, as Brian pointed out, doesn't have that trait, which has been apparent in almost all of Penn State's quarterbacks under James Franklin that have seen the football field. But Prabula makes good decisions. He's a smart guy, and he doesn't have a weak arm. It's it's average. It's good. But it's not, again, we're comparing these two quarterbacks, so the reflection always informs kind of what we're talking about. And I, I think that that's important to say that Aller can win you football, or Aller can potentially get you where you want to go. Bo, Bo Perbula can win you football games. And whatever happens next year, I think they have a baseline to be in the same ballpark of wins and competitiveness that they were this year um, with some different ways of getting there. I think that's uh, probably the biggest thing. If you want to get your thoughts in the chat, we're already off. We've got running we've got uh, running backs, tight ends, uh, and offensive line coming up next. Where are they going to land in the order? We'll let you know. Um, but one thing I need to let you know right now is rogueshop.com, the sponsor of the live show. And by the way, if you're distracted by my hands, I am too. Uh, my camera is a little bit different today, so you can see how much I talk with my hands off screen, and I apologize for that. But RogueShop.com, they are uh, your premier destination for small batch holistic medicine. Uh, Mr. Rogue and his wife, Char, they are uh, cannabis farmers in Wisconsin. They have a small indoor cannabis grow and manufacturing center, and it's not we're not talking about just getting weed, man. What we're talking about is uh, they develop these uh, medicines to help you with your life. And let me tell you, last night I did not sleep. I don't know what was going on, but my body chemistry uh, just doesn't shut down. I uh, We had a whole thing that happened, and I had to borrow some tools from my next-door neighbor. And I was telling them, like, yeah, when we already painted and blah, 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 we had a... a incident in the kitchen so we decided to do a little bit of a remodel and she's like oh you have adhd don't you and i said how did you know she's like well i can tell by all the things you've done that doesn't shut off so when i turn this camera off i will be spinning and spinning and spinning and i actually ran out of delta 9 thc gummies recently and i need those suckers so if you're like me and you are the rabbit bouncing off the walls the golden retriever puppy that runs all day and you need help sleeping or maybe uh, you have chronic problems, you have pain, you have nausea, you have fatigue, you have any of these issues that make your quality of life worse. And having uh, people in my family that have had some of those experiences recently, it's awful. And if you can find a way to help out uh, to ease those problems, rogueshop.com is something that has helped us. I actually need to get some new stuff because I want to try some of the other things they have. I think that might be super helpful. And you should as well. I always forget to put this up. Promo code BWI for 10% off at rogueshop.com. Use the promo code. I don't know why I don't lead with that. Hey, by the way, 10% off what you're going to be buying. That's a deal. Uh, promo code BWI for 10% off to let them know you're coming from the live show and rogueshop.com. Uh, let's see what we got in the chat. Uh, Michael says, congrats on 10K, uh, T. Frank, and the BWI team. We finally got there. We finally got to 10,000 subscribers. Um, that took a long time. <laughs> be honest with you, it took way longer than I was expecting. Because we got to nine really fast. And then we had to, for some reason, we had to grind 
Despite doing all the same stuff, like, I don't know how the internet works all the time, which is why I just think of it as this cruel uh, Greek god, you know, from the deity. This is, a, we're all just playing, uh, praying to the almighty algorithm that our stuff gets seen on the internet. The almighty algorithm. And that's why I always ask you to like the video and subscribe to Blue White Illustrated so it helps us uh, send out what we do here. Uh, and let people know that we're here to talk about football. Uh, ben talks about quarterbacks. Post-snap read decisions will be very key in his development. I am assuming Aller here. And our viewpoint of the offensive line that should be improved. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a that's going to be a real thing is uh, the offensive line and how each unit affects the quarterback. You know, the quarterback affects the receivers too. So let's not let's not put it all pointing one way that everyone needs to lift up the quarterback. But if the quarterback is new, yeah, that the, you might need to help out a little bit more. Um, so that's, that's a very important thing with the offensive line and the running game and uh, all those things helping out the quarterback. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to number four on the list because we have a tie. Number four. Maybe I regret this one. Maybe I don't. But uh, it's the Penn State running backs tied at fourth. And here's the thing. When I my uh, system got the better of me here because talent is the best of the country. Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, that, that is one of the best duos in America at Penn State, at, at football, at, at, profession, at college football. They are possibly one of the best duos in America, if not the best. Um, the question then becomes, how much better are they going to get compared to what they were last year? Uh, is it limitless potential? Is it incremental development they can get a lot better but can they produce more than they did last year i'm not totally convinced that they're going to be like an unstoppable train and they're already really good so i guess that's the that's the the splitting of hairs here and why they're tied at fourth is because talent unbelievable unbelievable talent growth potential Still there. Very good. Both players can get much better. But kind of like quarterback, and this is why they're tied, and maybe this is more of an editorial decision. If if anything happens to either of these guys, the season you want to have happen might not happen. Most likely won't happen. It won't happen if Nick Singleton doesn't play at all next year. So that's really important that they stay healthy. And that depth, that lack of depth, that really puts them here fourth on the list. And that conversation we just had about uh, quarterbacks is probably more true about running back than any other position. And just, it's funny when you when you watch film, especially if you if you ever get the chance to watch all twenty two film, you watch a really good running back run behind an offensive line that is is struggling, and 
it looks like somebody running into a bear trap. It looked it looks like somebody running into a wave. Like like at the beach, you know, when you you run and you jump into the wave. I love doing that with my shoulder, then it knocks you over. If you have a bad offensive line, that's what it looks like. You're trapped in the backfield. Some guys, like Saquon Barkley, and at times, Nick Singleton last year, and more frequently, Catron Allen, they were able to they were able to make something out of nothing. But most guys can't. So running back uh, and and the interconnected ability here with the with the offensive line, that is, I think, super important, leading all the way back up the tree to the quarterback of how this offense is going to perform. The running game has to be good, and for the running game to be good, the offensive line needs to take a step forward, and for all of that to take a step forward, then the quarterback might have the opportunity to not have to lead the team. So uh, we're building kind of a picture for next year, as you might imagine. Let's get to number two on the list. Number two. That'd be the Penn State tight ends. Uh, if you want to check out, again, bluewhiteillustrated.com, uh, sign up, by the way, for $29.99, and you get access from now until the start of next football season, a great deal uh, compared to what you pay. And then uh, it's a uh, all kinds of inside information. You get insights from our recruiting insiders, from Nate Bauer, from everybody who contributes Greg Pickle, his awesome reporting. Um, and if I may be so humble, my analysis and some of my analytical uh, research. If you look at the second half of last season from when um, Theo Johnson was fully healthy, his production, the, the numbers around his his abilities in the deep passing game were like, wow, eye-popping numbers. He averaged like something like 17 yards per catch down the stretch of the, the season. Uh, his average depth of tor- target, according to PFF, was number one in the nation. So when we talk about the receivers, and we talk about what's coming back for Drew Aller um, or Bo Perbula, again, don't want to disrespect Bo Perbula. Um, you've got a six foot six tight end that is one of the most dangerous pass catchers in America. Uh, not not opinion. That is a uh, that is what happened last year. Is Mike Yersich was able to dial up shots down the middle of the football field for Theo Johnson. And and this is what I'm really interested to see this upcoming season. Teams like Indiana, and I believe Maryland tried to do this as well. They basically made a picket fence over the middle of the football field and said, okay, run to the outside. You're not getting to the middle of the football field. After the Minnesota game, when Penn State put up like 130 yards on four catches or five catches with the tight ends. The, ne- the game script then became... You play inside shade, a hard inside shade on tight ends and slot receivers and force them to run out breaking routes and force Sean Clifford to throw the ball down the field vertically and to the outside. But don't give them easy access over the middle. That's where they're trying to go. And that's where they're super dangerous with those possession receivers and their tight ends. And at times when Penn State struggled, that was the area that was the that was the situation where they weren't able to create as much of a passing attack. Now, believe it or not, Sean Clifford evolved and he was able to, through different means and different ways, still succeed and and operate the offense. And Penn State won all those games down the stretch. But next year, when you've got these threats returning over the middle, and if teams focus on that, does Drew Aller have the accuracy to hit those balls outside the numbers? 
and is Penn State's receiving core with a six foot four Malik McLean that I'm guessing runs a sub four five or somewhere around there. Just looking at him on film, he's fast, especially for a dude that's that tall. Uh, and Dante Cephas, another good deep threat at uh, at uh, uh, Kent State. Do they have the horses, and does the quarterback have the accuracy to take advantage of that? Because here's the exciting thing. I'm fairly 100% certain that Penn State's going to be able to operate over the middle of the football field. If Aller unlocks the full field, that is the, the, the dream. That is the next step for this offense. And with Theo Johnson returning and the depth of the tight end room. So we talked about the upper end talent. Theo Johnson, obviously the talent is there. You have to replace Bretton Strange, which is going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting battle for that second tight end position because they've got a bunch of guys, and I don't know that the lead guy, Tyler Warren, is 100% fit for that H-back position. And then they've got some young players that are pushing uh, for playing time and are, are standing out in the spring. If you want to check out who those players are, again, bluewhiteillustrated.com, we got that information for you because we have people who are connected. It's not me. But I'm here to tell you about uh, what I see on film from Theo Johnson, which is it's possible, it's possible with a good season, Theo Johnson could be a potential first-round pick in the next uh, NFL draft. I mean, he has the physical tools to do that. He needs to be a better run blocker, and he needs to prove that it's not a one-year thing, that he can get down the field and he can be this uncoverable mismatch nightmare. So he has to be an, he has to take it to a new level. And if he does, then you know all of these things are, are roses for Penn State because you feel fairly confident that the running game with Nick Singleton is going to do that, and that helps out Drew Aller, who's going to have an uncoverable tight end over the middle of the football field. But from a production standpoint, the way this offense used uh, Theo Johnson last year, this is based off of last year's evidence. If he replicates that for a full season, we're at, somebody's having the conversation that Theo Johnson's a f potential first-round pick. Uh, so that's a pretty great, great place to return at your tight end position. Um, the depth there is excellent. They're returning a lot of, uh, you know, Tyler Warren is a is a really good, versatile player. And they have three tight ends in the class of 2023. Andrew Rappelier is a, basically a 25-year-old adult in an uh, 18, 19-year-old's body. And they've got some young guys, Jerry Cross, Khalil Dinkins. They've just got so many tight ends. So many tight ends that uh, all have great and interesting and unique characteristics. There's no way that you you can't put this uh, group pretty high on the list. Now, the growth potential here, and this is kind of where I, I again, maybe I'm a little bit under underselling some of these things. Tyler Warren has been part of the lineup for a while. Um, he can still have a breakout season, but it's got to happen soon. And then, are you are you counting on freshmen? to take that step, redshirt freshman to take that step, true freshman to take that step, or is Dinkins going to be the guy? So the growth potential, I think Theo Johnson is what he is, and we just don't know that he's that great. Uh, at least everybody doesn't know he's that great. Um, short show tonight. Appreciate everyone who's been here. Appreciate everyone who's uh, sticking around and having a conversation in the chat. If there's something you want to talk about, if you want to get um, your... Thoughts on the show? You want to give me your list? 
put your list in the chat and we'll talk about it uh, here. We're almost to number one, so I want to make sure to give you your chance to get your voice heard. And if you want to give a super chat and donate to the channel, appreciate that. Will uh, London Montgomery be ready? I talked to him on the VWI Daily Edition a couple weeks ago. You should check that out. You can judge for yourself whether or not he'll be ready based on his answer to, I asked him, do, do you have a timeline for when you want to be back? And back can mean whatever you want it to mean as far as um, back to complete football shape, back to being able to lift, back to being able to run and cut and all those things. And, and you know, you can check out his answer and, and what he had to say on that topic. Um, but the guy that's going to be most likely a part of the conversation is Cam Wallace, who was added in December. Similar player, actually. Good football player. Re he and Lennon Montgomery are both really good running backs. The difference is um, just the way that they were used in high school. London was a running back, and he also played defense. And he was a good defender, and he did a lot of things. But uh, Wallace stood out on both sides of the football. It's a safety, slot corner, corner, kick returner, punter. Um, he filed the tax returns for the school as well, I think. So um, there'll be some depth there at running back, but obviously it's a, it's tied for fourth on the list. I'm not optimistic that there's a whole lot of depth. Okay, so if you have done process of elimination before, then you, you know it's coming, but let's get with the formalities. Number one. So if it's not the receivers, and it's not the quarterbacks or running backs, and tight ends come in second... Yeah, Penn State offensive line might be the most balanced, talented, deep group with the most growth potential on this team. So if we take all of our factors into account, uh, the offensive line can be the strength of the offense next year. And I hope you're sitting down watching this. I hope you're not like walking around and you fell over because we're complimenting the Penn State offensive line. Look, just look at the look at the facts again. We're just going to go to the facts. Olufashanu coming back to Penn State was a potential first round pick with more development and better play in the run game and better uh, consistency there. He can be a top 15 player. You know, athletically, he's awesome. Strength wise, he's great. He's got all the, the measurables. He's got the intangibles. Just listening to him talk and, and, and you know, discuss what's important to him and and hear him talk about um, attention to detail, school, master's degree. This dude's a complete package. Um, and I'm sure that there will be times that he's going to get beat next year. There were times he was beat last year. He's not a perfect football player. But uh, left tackle is really important in the NFL, and Penn State has one of the best in America returning, and they got that at running back too. And they got that at tight end too. This, is, this offensive line, left to right, You've got three legitimate tackle players now. And Bryce Effner did an amazing job of being a fill-in starter, part-time starter, come through for you in, a, in the clutch, and was better, especially as a run blocker, than people gave him credit for. But now that's Drew Shelton. That position is now uh, the third tackle, is Drew Shelton, a four-star prospect who we saw start as a true freshman and didn't look totally lost on the football field and got better. Caden Wallace returns as your starting right tackle for now. 
that battle is going to continue. Drew Shelton doesn't have to play tackle, by the way. He can play guard. I don't know that he plays center, but he could also be in the competition for the guard uh, starting position if they, they decide they want to see if he's the best player there as well. Penn State hasn't had three true tackles. I, I don't know that I remember the last time they had three true tackles. Then we go to the inside. The, let's start with just the guards. You have four legitimate players competing for two spots. And we had this conversation um, last season with some of these players, but they were young. J.B. Nelson, Vega Iwane were young football players, true freshmen, JUCO transfers from Lackawanna. They're now entering their second year, and both those guys were impressive. They, it's not that they weren't what we thought they were. It's that they wanted to save the red shirts. Penn State wanted to save the red shirts on those players. So now you've got Salim Wormley and Landon Tangwall and where he is with his health next year. Um, injuries were obviously a real problem last year, and Penn State already worked through that and had a good offensive line at the end of the year. So let's say the same thing happens. You still have two quality starters from those four players, and if you don't, like, that's just cosmic bad luck because it's not going to be development. We've seen now evidence that Phil Troutwine is a good coach that develops players that want to be developed. So you've got four really good prospects to play two positions. And then you move to center. And while you don't have a true backup to Hunter Norzad, who's moving in that position for the first time, you do have Hunter Norzad, a guy that has played for you and gutted through some injuries and has a lot of the earmarkers you're looking for in a center. Go back to when he first committed to Penn State uh, from Cornell. This is where I projected him early on. I thought he could be a good center for Penn State. Some of the other schools that were recruiting him, their obvious holes were at center. So it wasn't like I was being this ultra detective. It's just kind of follow where things are going. And that's where he's going to land this this spring. Um, healthy and ready to go. We'll see what he's able to do. But is that one question on the offensive line that you did? You either either right tackle or center, you might have a question about either of those positions. I don't really question that Hunter Norzad's going to be a capable center. It's still going to be about that right tackle. Does Drew Shelton take a step forward to be a legitimate starter, not a freshman that we're impressed with? There's a huge difference there. And he's, he's taking the steps physically. He's, again, another super serious guy who uh, took all the coaching and all the, the time that he had and made the most of it last year. So you expect him to do the same this year when there's an opportunity to start. Caden Wallace, another year older. Um, I saw growth from him last year. I just, you know, I'm, go I'm going through every player in every position going through. I don't find anything that I, like, I hate. I don't find anything that I'm like, that's not going to work out. We haven't even talked about Alex Birchmeyer. We haven't even talked about um, a four-star, a high four-star freshman who's already on campus and is working. If he's your fourth tackle, you don't have to play him. You're not forced in this situation where if you remember Will Fries and Michael Mennett, and it's like, are they going to play? Are they going to play? They're talented. Are they going to play? If if he plays, it's because something, again, something terrible went wrong. Or, uh, I guess that happened last year where you got your fourth tackle on the field. and uh, or, or he just, he earns it, right? So potentially you have four tackles. This is just a really good position. 
Brian says, can't believe the offensive line is listed as PSU's possible number one offensive group. We've been waiting for this for years. Championships start in the trenches. I certainly will say this. They, they, they give you the base floor to be really good. They give you the, the, the if you have a good offensive line that's capable. And that doesn't mean that, again, doesn't mean every starter is an all-star and all-Big Ten player. It means that you've got a cohesive group that can do everything and doesn't have any massive weaknesses. Or if they do, you're good enough to overcome those. You're good enough to hide those weaknesses. You don't have so many that you're the one getting exposed. Uh, this group, as I just laid out, has the potential to be that. They have the competition to make those players better and to uh, raise the level of the group. The offensive line can't catch the football, though. The offensive line can't uh, run the football for Nick Singleton. He needs to get better, and the receivers need to get better, and the quarterback needs to prove that he is who he is. But they're going to have every opportunity to look good instead of having to make everybody else look good the other way around. So that, to me, that is what the offensive line gives you, is it gives you a really high floor offensively. And with the skill positions we've seen Penn State recruit, it's been one of the it's been the obvious missing piece. Ben says, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the videos, and get BWI so you can get all the inside info from these awesome guys. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Appreciate that. Um, what do we got here? Craig says, keep the beard going. It fits, man. That's from Craig and PA. I guess we have to <laughs> This has been this has been a conversation. Uh why wouldn't it be? I'm growing a uh I'm growing like a wild animal on my face. I feel like it's coming to an end. I hope I hope I'm not breaking anybody's heart. I feel like it's coming to an end soon with the spring, but I don't want to just show up one day and not have it. I want to like, if it's worth it, I want to do something with it. So keep your eye out for that. We might do something fun here on the show for a good cause. Uh, if everybody's interested in it, by the way, if you are, um, if you want to see me shave on camera for charity or something like that, leave a comment on the video and, uh, we'll choose a good charity. I have a couple in mind local here in state college that I think are, are really worth your time and, uh, we'll get that going. But, uh, yeah, the, the beard has become a talking point, both on the message board at blue white illustrated and here on the show. So the good news is even if I do that, it, it'll come back. You know, it's not gone forever. It's like, it's like frosty, the snowman, it'll be back again someday. Just like the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. That's it. So we got five through one. Receivers, quarterbacks and running backs at four, tight ends, and then the offensive line. This is a really good group. So again, I always appreciate you being here. Subscribe to Blue White Illustrated. All of the pleasantries on the out. We will be back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>